This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You know, I don't really mind the middle seat either. Is that weird? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speakers. I am not Canty or Carlin, and neither is he. Shay Cornette, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for the guys here this evening, and we're leading you all the way up to the rest of the play-in game so we can determine and get this thing off the ground and running as the playoffs officially start tomorrow. Seating will be official tonight. We'll have it all covered for you, but we've got a few other things to get into, uh, Aaron, really quick. First of all, middle seat really it doesn't like irk me because you know what you run a pretty high probability you might not have someone next to you yeah, <laughs> that's well, how i look at it hold on because you know for for a guy it's a little bit of a different story you never know like which armrest is yours and which armrest belongs to the person next to you and then I, I have one quick middle seat story i was flying back after game two of the nba finals 2015 okay. not to humble brag that i got to cover the nba finals for four okay. straight years i feel uh, like when you're on sports radio, like it's not, it's like, well, I was working. You know what I mean? Like that's okay. You're not just like a random civilian. Yeah, I didn't miss that. a finals game for four years. I was flying first class across the <laughs> yeah, country. Shay, good to see you. Um, so I was seated in between at the time the Cavaliers play-by-play broadcast team. Fred McLeod, may he rest in peace, on my left, and then Mr. Cavalier himself, Austin Carr, the guy who holds the record for most points in an NCAA tournament game, was on my right, and it was a red eye. And so both Austin and I took Advil PM and we were laughing and then we had a cocktail on the flight. This was at about, I don't know, midnight or something Pacific time. And Austin and I woke up lying on each other, sleeping snuggled next to each other because I was in the middle seat and he was in the right seat on the same flight. And we woke up and stared at each other. And it was one of the strangest sleeping experiences in my life. So after that, I do agree with with Chris Canty and with Nick Friedle that I should stay away from the middle seat. And uh, if I snuggle anything on the plane, it should either be my wife, my kids or the wall. Here, the wall, right. Or so you need to stick to the window or the eye. See, like, I also feel like men naturally are usually larger than women. And so the middle seat's a little more awkward for them where I'm like, eh, it's fine. It's a little. Now, kids with kids is a whole nother story. Okay, we need to move on. There are other things to talk about besides our airplane adventures, which I'm sure we'll dive further into, Aaron, later on. In the meantime, uh, NBA, as I mentioned, off and running tonight. We've got two play-in games. It's going to officially determine who the eight seeds are. And yeah. then we'll be off and running tomorrow with the playoffs. So we've got Bulls Heat followed by Thunder Bulls. It all comes your way on ESPN Radio starting at 6 Eastern, so it'll follow Aaron and I right here on ESPN Radio. Let's start with Bulls Heat since that is the first game. Aaron, uh, how about my Bulls? I'm from Chicago. Uh, my Bulls pulling it off as the Boy, 10 seed. Boy, you sound excited for them. I am. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was checked out. I was checked out of that Raptors game. I'm like, this is a butt kicking. Like, I was using uh-huh. other words. Um, uh-huh. I, like, what is happening here? I should turn on the Love is Blind uh two shows that I've missed. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Do I see life? I see life. Thank goodness for DeMar DeRozan and his daughter. And let me tell you this. If the Heat, unfortunately, his daughter will not be at this game. She has to go to school and couldn't travel to Miami. But if the Uh, Heat can't guard DeMar, it could be a long night. Bulls swept the Heat during the regular season. Yeah. Well, I also thought the Heat, speaking of looking checked out, they they didn't look like they wanted to get a rebound. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Clint Capella had 21 boards for the Hawks in the first playing game. I think the Heat were asleep, half asleep. Um, And I kind of like the Bulls tonight. Now, I think the biggest issue with this game is that DeRozan's daughter is not traveling. I see. She, she, hold on. She was the MVP. (laughs) To me, she was the main reason. I know Zach Levine scored 30-something points, but she was the main reason why they won. 
because the Raptors lost by four and went 18 of 36 at the free throw line, mostly because of her screaming in the front row. And I don't care how many notes you have to write her teacher. You know, if <laughs> if I'm Billy Donovan, if I'm Zach Levine, if I'm anybody in Chicago, like I am getting the message as quickly as possible to that teacher that she needs to be courtside in Miami screaming at Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent while they're shooting free throws tonight. I could not agree more. And there were like reporters swarming DeMar uh during practice, asking him questions, or shoot around, I should say, asking him questions about where his daughter was. She's like, yeah. I, he's like, yeah, she's a little girl. She's at school. She doesn't just travel to Miami. She's not on the private plane with me. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you say that so casually, but the rest of us are wondering, why the heck not? Isn't she on the plane with you? Um, and Zach Levine, by the way, dropped 39. It was almost a 40-piece nugget. So, I mean, if he can show up and do the same thing, that's great. Yep. Caruso, the, def- the way he's playing defensively, more of that. I'll take it. And, and the thing that scares me, though, if the Heat look even a little more awake than they were in game one against the Hawks, uh-huh. it could be a longer day. But, my, I mean, Jimmy Butler, what was going on? Uh, what they were doing in the paint, everyone was running into each other, completely discombobulated. I'm like, this Heat yeah. team, my And I thought, I thought Bam, I've never seen Bam look less interested. In a, I mean, normally he's the most physical presence on the floor. That's part of what makes him such a great player. And so I wonder if the Heat have checked out a little bit. You know, Spo's been there forever, Shay. Like, you and I were little kids when Eric Spolstra took right. over as head coach of the. So, you know, when I think about, like, the direction that that team is headed, I wonder two things. I wonder, you know, do they need kind of a new voice going on in their team, regardless of whether they win tonight? Both these teams are going to get their butts beat by the Bucks in the next round. I think we could all agree with that. Yeah. And then the second one to me, you know, the, the Heat are always looking for that next star. And I wonder if their organization has a a closer eye on, you know, like what's going on with Luca? What's going on with Dame? What's going on with the next guy who could come available to sort of refresh their team? Because it does feel to me like this current iteration of the Heat, which has been pretty successful. You know, they went to the finals in the bubble. They were a three-pointer away from going again last year, whether it's just kind of run its course. Right, it's cool. But like you just referenced how recent and how good they've been in recent years. To me, I feel like you got to give it at least a two, three year window of running its course before you can officially say that. I agree with you, though. Every time there's some sort of large free agent or some superstar that's on the move, I feel like the Heat are in the conversation. Yeah. Whether or not they're seriously going there, when you list out the teams, I mean, think about every play. When you list out the teams they're interested in, the Heat are always in there, primarily because Florida and the tax situation is more ideal than other places. Sure. But, but also because the Miami Heat heat are always relevant and always in the conversation um so bulls heat first game again 6 30 eastern right here on espn radio you can hear it uh, at least the pregame getting started at 6 30 eastern and then that will be followed by thunder and timberwolves again oh boy. on espn radio so we're going to dive into that one because uh rudy gobert might be making his return we aren't 100 percent sure he wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to play in that last game because of his back obviously he was suspended so that remains up in the air but there's a lot of st- like underlying storylines in this one coming up as the second game of the play in tonight, Aaron. Um, it this is, I think the, the you know the the Timberwolves were supposed to be one of the best teams in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they trade all these draft picks. They get Tim Connolly first of all to go there. They trade all these draft picks to get Rudy Gobert, and they love this pairing with him and Towns. And yet Towns got hurt, but they just look like the most unhappy team in the NBA to the point where in about a 10-minute stretch, one of their most important players punched a wall last weekend and broke his hand. hand. 
And then you had the issue with Rudy getting into the incident on the bench with Kyle Anderson. I don't know if you really want to call that a punch. It was sort of more of a, a shove. Regardless, like you just can't start getting physical with your teammates during a game. It's hard enough to fight against your opponent, let alone you're getting in fights with each other. The other wild thing about this game tonight is I I can't believe how good um, your namesake, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, has become. Mm -hmm. SGA, I think, is the best player on the floor. And a Thunder team that was sort of like half tanking this year, it would not surprise me at all. Because the Timberwolves just seem like, you know, trust me, I'm in Cleveland, Shea, so when I see a team that looks like the Browns, you know, I I can smell it. I can smell it from a million miles away. The Timberwolves (laughs) smell like a Browns team that is going down the sewer right now. And something tells me that if you're in a state with legalized sports gambling, you might want to think about that Thunder money line tonight um uh two things for one uh i agree with you i thought the timberwolves and what they the the epic performance they put on with the breaking of the hand the punching in the huddle uh, was the biggest is that i had to do sports center the next day and i did that highlight and i literally kept repeating if you didn't think things could get worse watch this watch what happens next it was an absolute debacle and they Uh, won and they still won the game right exactly somehow because they gave it away at the end but anyways um and and the thunder yes half tanking this year because they have so much ahead of them in terms of what it draft capital and so on and so forth. If you think about how many high draft picks they have coming up, it would make sense for Oklahoma City to perhaps pull what the Dallas Mavericks did and just kind of tank and give up considering what they have in the future. But they're not doing that. And I agree with you. I think tonight could be a night where they put on a, a display despite the Timberwolves winning three out of four during the regular season. So it should be a good one. Let's hear from Rudy Gobert, though, because I want to get into this for a second. He did talk with his teammate, Kyle Anderson, who he he saw, let's say, loosely shove, according to Aaron here, in the huddle. Um, whatever. That and it was. was the, yeah, whatever that was. It was the reason for the one game suspension, but he says him and Kyle have talked it out. Here's Rudy. Yeah, we both, you know, like, uh, both apologize to each other. And, uh, yeah, you move on. I mean, you, that's life. It's different when you have millions of people that are watching videos and all have an opinion about things that happen. But um, that we can't control. But what we can control is how we, the, the, the respect we have for each other and how we handle our, our relationship. I still love Kyle. He's still my brother. That's why I, I tell people, sometimes you, you fight with your family. Sometimes you fight with people that, you know, uh, you have a lot of love and respect for and you know you it's life you know and no one's perfect and you know you mistakes happen and then yeah you grow and you 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 move on I don't remember a season, uh, Aaron, where I've seen more teammates hitting other teammates. And I'm obviously going back to the beginning with with uh, Draymond Green. Yeah. Um, But I don't remember that. And I was a person who covered the Bulls when uh, Bobby Portis and Nikola Mirotic got into it. But that was behind closed doors. Like, no one actually saw that happen. This is now in front of cameras during games, during preseason, whatever it is. And you can say sorry and everything's fine. He's my brother. He did the most. I get it. Like, you you know, you and I watch a lot of different sports at very close detail. But yet still, there's something to be said when that happens about a little bit. There has to naturally be a little bit of friction amongst the team and yeah. feel like not everyone's on the same page no matter how many times you say sorry. Shay, I think that incident is not the issue. It's a symptom of an issue that's been with the Thunder for the uh, with the Thunder, with the Timberwolves for the entire season. Right. I mean, th- think about it this way. The Jazz had a great year. 
mm-hmm. with their first year without Rudy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, right. they really did. I mean, they were in the play-in mix, and then they sort of took themselves out with a trade, but they got to be feeling great with marketing coming on about yeah. the direction of their franchise. The Cavs, where Donovan Mitchell went, had a great season. They won 50-plus games. They're the four seed. They're starting a big series tomorrow against the Knicks. Everyone's saying it's going to be the best series of the first round. Yep. And look where the Timberwolves are. Mm -hmm. They acquired Rudy Gobert and somehow got worse. So I think we're sort of learning why the Jazz never got over the hump, and we're also learning who the problem was in Utah. It was not Mitchell. It was not Quinn Snyder. Uh, Rudy Gobert is just really difficult to like, to get along with, and to play with. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'll also say this. like, There was a, a time in the last game where I thought the Timberwolves actually looked better without him anyways. And I think that it's says something I to the fan right. base. I think you know, you're right. It, it, yeah. Yes, could they have used him defensively down the stretch? Of course. But like, I think there were a lot of moments, especially in the paint, where he kind of likes to mop up a little bit, where they almost looked a little more sound without Rudy. And I hate to kind of point the finger and do that to him but if you're gonna kind of have these shenanigans going on like you can't have it you just simply cannot have it the NBA playoffs are on ESPN radio tune in tomorrow night as the Cavs host the Knicks as Aaron was just mentioning a a round one uh, series you absolutely don't want to miss it's presented by Indeed coverage begins at 5 30 Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM channel 80. Warriors Kings All right, here's what we know. The Warriors, they're the defending champs, but they have to start out on the road where they have been atrocious, awful, horrendous. You pick the describing word, and that's how the Warriors have looked. I will say this, Aaron, though, working in their favor. By the way, Aaron Goldhammer, Shea Cornette, filling in for the guys here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Uh, Working in their favor is the fact that they don't have to get on an airplane. (laughs) They literally have to get on a bus and drive. So does it it really count as a road game if that's Uh, the scenario? I would say it does because (laughs) I am hearing. Now, I have spent very little time in my life in Sacramento. I have been there, but... I, I can't say that I'm an expert, but I am hearing from friends that the environment at, I, I think they call it Golden One Center or something like wherever whatever that building is called in Sacramento. The Kings, are, the Kings are new to us. We can't just like throw out their arenas like rolling off the tongue. Okay, go at on. Arco Arena, which is the <laughs> yeah. last time there the Kings were in the playoffs. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that, that crowd is going to be insane, that that's going to be the craziest playoff crowd. They haven't been to the playoffs in 16 years. It's their only home team, really, in Sacramento. Right. They're right. beloved in the community. Mm-hmm. They got the whole light the beam thing going on that they've mm-hmm. been doing the whole year. So, yes, I think it is a road game. What's weird about it, though, for Golden State, I, I think I heard this right, Shay, that they are going to take a bus to the game. Right. And that they are then going to get on a bus and go back to San Francisco. Like, they're not staying in a hotel the entire series. They're just going to bus back and forth but doesn't between that make San sense? Francisco because and Sacramento. They don't They don't want it to feel like a road game because there's something about road games for this team. Now, obviously, they get well, – not obviously. It looks like they're going to get Andrew Wiggins back. We don't know how much time he's going to be given or yeah. you know, how much He's been cleared to play, have. so I assume he's going to play in game one because that's that's what they're telling us. And so. he'll, give, he'll give this team a boost no matter what. So that works in the Warriors' favor. But I actually thought – I saw this too, what you're alluding to, the fact that they are, you know, not 
going to get on an airplane and they're going to go back and forth. This is what I would do, too, if I'm Steve Kerr and that brass. Like, hey, let's treat this like it's a home game. You're just hopping on the bus and we're going to practice or whatever it is because it's in these dudes' head. I don't know what it is about on the road. Talk about teams looking completely discombobulated. These Warriors have been so putrid on the road. So I actually thought this was a bright idea of them not deciding to go back and forth between uh, you know the two places. I'll believe that they're not going to defend as Western Conference champions and be in the NBA Finals and have a chance to win the title when they lose their last game, Shay, and the clock hits zero. Until yeah. then, look, I know Kings fans are feeling a little ornery right now because all the national pundits have picked Golden State in the series. There's a reason why. The reason is, I, does Steph still play for the yes. Warriors? I, I, he's still the, the, you know, the guy that makes all the three pointers. That guy <laughs> and is he's he still... the best in clutch time. Yes. Okay. Okay. What about what about Clay? Is he still <laughs> he's still on the Warriors? That what a, Draymond? Did he leave to host a podcast, or is he still? A, he is. He's on the Warriors. Okay. I, I'm I'm going to take them very seriously. Look, I know they were 11 and 30 on the road this year, and that is awful. Uh, I think the Suns could beat them in a series. I think Denver could give them a run in the series. I think Sacramento's had a great year, and I think they're going to lose this series in like five or six. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Golden State steal home court right away in game one. I think this is the most highly anticipated game one because of the environment and because if Sacramento were to lose it, all the momentum would go to the defending champions. That's fair. Um, the Mike Brown factor, I love too. Obviously, he was a former Warriors assistant, one of Steve Kerr's buddies. Like, you know, that dynamic of how much he knows and understands. I do this all the time with coaches that switch teams and then they have to face their former. Like, I, I always feel like there's a weird added benefit for both sides there. I, the, the Kings are just young. This is new. There's a reason they're ending a historic playout drought and everyone's kind of rooting for that to happen. They're that underdog that right. we love to cheer I'll for be in sports. For but, yeah, I, I right. just have trouble taking them seriously as a playoff team. The, the other interesting dynamic here to me, Shay, is what the future of the Warriors really looks like now because they've got a couple players players who are extension eligible and the the situation from from what I gather I, I was listening to Brian Winhurst of the Hoop Collective and ESPN on a podcast last night and he was talking about and I didn't realize this that Bob Myers is in the last year of his contract there's a very good chance he's not going to be back running the front office for Golden State uh, again Kerr entering the last year of his deal Steph's 35 so I don't know that this is the end for the Warriors but it feels like we're closer to the end than we are to the middle Steph's 35 please he still looks like he's 18 give me a break um, okay why didn't Zion play you might be asking well, this seems like a sentence you could just plug in every couple weeks. I hate to put it that way, Aaron, but it's just the truth. Why didn't Zion play? What does his future look like in New Orleans? We're asking that question, and maybe now we have some answers. We'll get to that next right here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time 
or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. All right. Uh, Aaron Goldhammer, Shea Cornette, filling in for Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Aaron, I see that uh, note you just put in our little chat. That yes. United wants to fly DeRozan's daughter out to the game. Brilliant. <laughs> what a yes. great marketing opportunity. And then United's got to be a sponsor of the Bulls, right? I mean, it's a Chicago yeah, company. And a Chicago, yeah, so there's yeah. a Chicago tie going on there. Great way to – and plus, I don't know why, if you're the Bulls, you wouldn't want to do this. If you're the Heat, though, do you keep her out of a courtside seat? Like, if she shows up, do you put her She's up She's a way child. Up? No, you don't do that. I mean, we put Marlin Man on the floor. Are we kidding? Or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> no, she can belong, go wherever she wants. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, this is, if you're an NBA player, you should be able to make a free throw, whether a kid is screaming or not. Exactly. But this is on. fun for us. And United, I like that. Yeah, it's all the like ticket, like all the stubs at uh, um, United Center all have, obviously, United Airlines on it, United Center, all the things. Anyways, this is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, Shay Cornette, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for the guys this evening. You can give us a call, 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. Candy and Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Um, let's move away really quick from Bulls Heat, even though that's what's got uh, clearly Aaron and I really – going this evening Uh, and let's focus in on the Pelicans yes they have been eliminated however not without some controversy Pelicans executive David Griffin met with the media today to basically talk about Zion and his future and what's been going on with him and here essentially is David Griffin addressing why Zion didn't play in that game I think there's been a lot put on him that's not fair some of it his own doing quite frankly he came up here the other day and told you all physically I'm fine and nobody followed up on what that means. Well, physically, I'm fine means I'm not currently injured. He wasn't physically cleared to play basketball. He was playing one-on-none. He went up and windmilled dunk pregame. Well, that's not the skill set that makes you capable of playing skilled five-on-five basketball. He was never cleared to play five-on-five basketball. So for people to now say, well, he chose not to play basketball, that's nonsense. That's not factual. But that's a way more interesting story than the kid wasn't cleared to play basketball. Okay, so then here's where you tell us, David Griffin, what really is the problem? Because it's been a lot of this for a lot of years, Aaron, and I feel like we're all getting a little bit Zion fatigue on hearing what injury has, what, how long it's going to keep him out, and then him maxing out the time that he is out and not able to help his Pelicans team. Uh, over $44 million Zion ha- has been paid the last four seasons. He hasn't played in over 60% of the games. Yeah. He's not a fan. Actor on this roster year in and year out. Well, he played 29 games this year. That's not enough. He played 
61 games in the season he played the most, which was 2020, 2021, and really his best year. He's actually been good when he's played, but the yes. injuries, it's it's multiple things here. It is that he gets hurt all the time, but it's also he has not kept himself in good shape. Okay. I think that's fair to say. And then, you know, I think the optics of going up and windmill dunking in pregame when your fans have been sitting there waiting for you to play for the vast majority of the season with an injury that was not supposed to keep you out this long. Yeah, we're talking about a hamstring here. Like, I mean, come I, on. I think if if I'm the Pelicans, I'm just sick of having to baby him because that's what it sounds like Griff is, is doing in that soundbite to me. That he's, you know, excusing some of the things that he's said and done. Like, he's got to understand what it looks like on the outside. I mean, I don't know what's happening with that injury on the inside, but I think it's safe to say that there are a lot of players that with that injury would have come back and played at the end of the year. I think that's fair to say. I don't know what's specific to Zion. I don't know what his doctors say. I'm not a doctor. I just... pretend to be one on the radio and I know a lot of players that have hamstring injuries but Shay Patrick Mahomes played with a major injury in the Super Bowl LeBron two doctors told him not to play he had to go to the LeBron James of feet to get cleared to play in the playoffs this year he's 38 years old he's got four titles this is what comes along with being a professional athlete to me and being a great one at that and look if you have a hamstring injury What's going on with your with your strength and conditioning, with your team doctors? Are they not equipped to help him get back to 100%? Because if it's him not staying, someone has to take accountability. And if it's not going to be Zion, it needs to be the people he's surrounding himself with. Because constantly, year in and year out, having these same conversations of what could have been for this. I mean, is this a guy now who is, his prime is in college? Is this what we're ta- is this Greg Oden two point like what are we talking about here? See, see, like, but the difference, is- see, the difference is Greg Oden had legitimate injuries, tried to get himself back into shape, and his knees and his body just failed him. The problem to me with Zion is that he's failing himself. Right. From what I've seen, like there has there been some bad luck. I'm sure the answer to that is yes. Yes. Yeah. But if he doesn't get his weight under control and put every resource that he has into his body. He's got the talent to be an MVP. But if the Pelicans don't trust that, then what you heard Chris Carlin say in that rejoin there, the Pelicans do have to think about whether they could get something back from him in a trade. They just paid him this major contract extension. And to what you said, they're getting nothing out of it right now. But 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 is it only his weight? Like, uh, this is the thing I have a problem with. Because we do this with players in a lot of different sports. Okay, we do it with Harden, even uh, the same way. Like, okay, they're not in playing shape or they're not in the shape. But is that all that's attributing to all these injuries? Because at some point, don't you think that would frustrate the player? Like, there has to be – I don't know if it's a, a, a mental thing for him that he doesn't feel like he can get 100%. The training or the getting him ready, getting him back to work isn't where it needs to be. Maybe it is his diet. I don't know. But it, it, I, I can't just constantly – to what you said, how Griff is kind of making excuses for him. I feel like we're doing the same thing by just saying he's not his diet isn't right. That's a big part of it, but there's a lot more that comes with it. And I feel for these Pelicans fans because they have a good roster. They yeah. lucked out with getting that number one overall pick. My goodness, I remember the Bulls. We were so excited. We maybe could have gotten them, and we didn't. It was such a disappointment. And now, yep. I mean, look at the Grizzlies and John Morant. Like, this whole thing is such a debacle, and I don't think there's just one person to blame. But at some point, Zion's got to be smarter. You're right, Aaron. Like, like why are we – why are we even out 
out there for pregame right. warm-ups. Like, what uh, are we I mean, doing? Th- th- think about it this way. Jaws uh, uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The third pick, R.J. Barrett, where is he going to be tomorrow night? Right, Playing exactly. a key role on a playoff team. On a huge the, series. The fourth pick is DeAndre Hunter. Where is he going to be tomorrow? Yep. Playing a key role on a play. The fifth pick was Darius Garland. Where is he going to be tomorrow? Playing And Zion's the one that's sitting at home. Yep. So I do think that it's on both him and the Pelicans. The responsibility mm-hmm. is shared. But I feel like this isn't just bad luck, Shay, or bad genes. I think that the way that he is prepared for seasons is unacceptable. And if I'm New Orleans, I make sure that I get it under control. And if I don't feel like he can, I really got to think about making a blockbuster move and trading him. You don't think the Knicks would give up a bunch of first-round picks for Zion Williamson? You know, they already have a bunch of picks coming from the Lakers. Like, it's a team that's pretty stocked aside from Zion because of the Davis trade and some of the other things they've had happen to them. Yeah, but, I mean, as Griff pointed out, the pressure he feels and a lot's been put on him. (laughs) Okay, go to New York, and let's talk about what's going to be put on you there. Whether or not this Knicks team does well in the postseason or is good or is not, talk about pressure. That's a whole other animal. All right, we're going to switch gears and go to the NFL next. What does the Odell Beckham Jr. signing in Baltimore mean for Lamar Jackson? Yes, we've covered this from a lot of different angles, but maybe we take a step forward if we look back. We'll explain next. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Well, what do we think? Signing OBJ, does that make the Baltimore Ravens stronger? Uh, still maybe up for debate. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. Shea Cornette, Aaron Goldhammer here with you. Cruising right into the pregame of the NBA playing games finale, I guess I'll call it, uh, as the playoffs officially start tomorrow. Can't wait for that. But in the meantime, we're going to focus in on the NFL because we are joined by Jeremy Fowler, our ESPN senior NFL writer. Jeremy, what's up? Good afternoon to you. Let's start with that Lamar Jackson OBJ situation now. Obviously, we've talked at length at how OBJ could impact Lamar. But as we get closer and closer to the draft, closer and closer to mini camps, mandatory things happening around the what's going on with Lamar Jackson? Have we moved any closer to some clarity there? Yeah, hey, Shay. Hey, Aaron. Uh, no closer to clarity yet, even though Odell Beckham's signing is a piece of evidence of some good vibes, maybe some falling out of the relationship a little bit because the Ravens are issuing a peace offering. You know, they're essentially saying, hey, we, we hear you, Lamar. We, we listen to you. You know, he's wanted uh, some help in personnel, maybe uh, his input on wide receivers, things like that, like a lot of quarterbacks do. 
And uh, so that's a good step in the right direction. But as far as the logistics of his contract, you know, they're still not going to do what he wants in guaranteed money. And I have not heard of any immediate plans that he has to sign his franchise tag. So somebody's going to have to give. Certainly they could recommence and talk and see if they can bridge the gap. Uh, but right now that, that's a pretty hard task. And the team has been looking for quarterback help or contingency plans for the last six weeks. So I, I just don't know if the Beckham signing is mutually exclusive with Lamar getting done, um, but it does help. And the Ravens do believe it helps. Jeremy, do you think Lamar has talked, even spoken, texted with any other teams? That's a great question. Uh, I assume so. I don't have evidence of that. I mean, the NFL Players Union clearly felt that he had an intermediary doing that for him, a man by the name of Ken Francis. Uh, I spoke to Ken Francis. He said he wasn't conducting any of that business and that Lamar does his own football business. So that's, you know, taking that assumption – uh, or at his word, then Lamar would be talking to teams. Um, but I don't know if he's actively shopped himself, um, and, and I have not uh, been aware of any teams that are actively pursuing him, and I really don't think there have been. Now, after the draft, that would certainly change. But right now, I do think it's a waiting out process where Lamar probably had somebody do a little fact-finding for him, uh, and then it, it must have backfired. Uh, so it's a great question. I, there's All I know is that the NFL Management Council has a portfolio for Lamar Jackson and a cell phone number that teams can call uh, if they want to reach Lamar. Such a, it feels like such a weird way of handling business, but we've known this for a long time. <laughs> Talking to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior writer, joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Shea Cornette, Aaron Goldhammer, filling in for the guys. One more question on Lamar, then we will move on. Is there a deadline for a deal to get done, for things to be set in stone for this Ravens team to move forward? I imagine it's got to be hard to go into a draft with such uncertainty, a draft that is such a deep quarterback class with such uncertainty at the quarterback position. Well, the really only true deadline is July 17th, which is the franchise tag deadline to do a long-term deal. Outside of that, there's really nothing even artificial in place. Uh, The draft is complicated because the Ravens only have five picks including, I believe, the 22nd pick. So it'd be really hard to move up to, say, in the top five to get a guy like an Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or whoever they like. You know, it just would be really tough. Now, what comes into play is if there's a team like the Colts or somebody in the top ten that doesn't like its quarterback outlook and feels like it can't get the guy at once in the draft, maybe they do call Baltimore and draft it and say, hey, you know, um, we'll throw you our pick and another draft pick and we'll do a sign and trade to Lamar right now. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a feasible scenario for something like that. It, it doesn't seem likely, but I could, you know, there's a plausible world in which that could happen. So that's almost a better bet. Huge QB move. Now, maybe they take Hendon Hooker, uh, the Tennessee quarterback in the, in the late first round or somewhere in the second round. And I could see that. Or they take a day three pick, you know, small field concerns there, but. He's a player a lot of teams like, and uh, Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator won back-to-back titles with him in Georgia and does like his game a great deal. So, you know, something like that could be an option as well. It was more of a bridge option. Jeremy, um, two weeks from the draft, we're 13 days away from the first round. Um, what are you hearing about the number one pick? And if Bryce Young isn't there, what do you think the Texans do it too? Well, the slight majority of teams that I've polled on Young versus Strat, you know, Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud, pick Bryce Young. They think he'll be the pick. Um, some believe he'll be Stroud with an outside belief that it's Richardson. 
But for the most part, Young's the leader in the clubhouse. I think most now agree with that, uh, unless you have a sneaky suspicion otherwise. So after that, it gets really interesting because um, teams I talk to believe that Houston wanted Bryce Young. Like, if they got the first pick, that's who they would have taken. So now, two, if he's there, certainly they would take him, you would think. Uh, but if Young is not there, I don't know that it's a slam dunk that takes P.J. Stroud or any of these guys. I'm sure they like him a great deal, but it's just less certain in league circles than Young would be. So that puts trades on the table potentially for Houston. You know, they could move back. Um, then they have the 12th pick. They could try to move up for Will Levis. You know, they have options, and they're very much considered a wild card in this draft. Should be fun. Again, less than two weeks away from the start of the NFL draft. We can't wait. I'm sure Jeremy Fowler will be all over the radio stations giving us the very latest. Jeremy, thanks for the time. We appreciate it, buddy. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. See ya. That's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Coming up, we go back to the NBA. We dive into the wild, wild west because we want to know who is coming out of that Western Conference. You know, sometimes it feels like those questions are obvious. They never really are, Aaron, once no. you really dive. No, they never Not are. that one. Uh, but we'll dive in. That's our job. We'll do it next. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.